The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. Woo! Highlights from a big Bucks win last night. Overtime versus the Celtics on Get Up Above Us this morning on the televisions. 131-125. I said this last night on Twitter, guys. I don't know that I can handle, and I consider myself to be in good shape. I eat well. I drink water. I do all of the things. My heart health should theoretically be decent. And sitting through a Bucks celtics game, and then sitting through another one and another one and potentially another one and another one, I don't know if I can handle it. Like It was a very entertaining game. It was up and down, and, and it, the Celtics didn't have a lot of their players, and I was emotionally invested in every single moment, and I'm just not sure if I can handle that. Don't worry about it, Jen. Bucks and six. I turned it off. Once I saw that the big guns weren't playing for the Celtics, I'm like, come on. And I sat up there and waited. Till seven thirty, <laughs> and I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Is that right? That's six thirty Central. All I think hours I of the night. You guys, seven thirty. I'm like, it was like, such a good oh, game. It was such a good game. I know. He was so know. frustrating. He was a can, frustrating uh, game. Can I just make a quick statement so we can move on and put this thing to bed? Go for it. And and just, I was wrong on Cheddar. I was wrong because I didn't know that yes, the bricks in the grocery store were cheddar when it said, like, sharp and extra sharp. <laughs> I win. What did you think it was? Sharp? I didn't know those were it cheddar. Was sharp so. cheese? I thought that. Yeah. I had no idea Just it was cheddar. Just give me a brick so of mild cheese. I was wrong. I was wrong. Okay, now we can move on. Okay, good. Okay, as great. long as you I'm are so willing to go. admit that. There you go, buddy. Growth. That's gonna... what this show is all about, growth. We're going to hang but now, on that. I, I kind of wish I watched a little bit of the game. Are you having a little it was the Super Bowl, the box. Which game would you like to have watched at any point in time? <laughs> well, the weird thing is the play-by-play announcer told me not to watch the game, which is highly unusual. And I should have listened to you guys, Jen and Ashton, and watched the game. But... Again, it's, Gabe, it's specifically you're out of the inner circle, Gabe, with bad advice like that. It's specifically for you, because a you weren't going to stay up until the game ended at 10 p.m. Eastern. You weren't staying up that late to watch the end and the ex- exciting conclusion. Drew Holiday hitting that three from the top of the key to give the bucket. You weren't going to stay up and watch that. And two, like. I'll let you know when you need to start paying attention. If you like basketball, yes, you should be watching the Bucks because the, they're the, the a lot of fun thing, to watch and listen the to. The one thing I was upset at when I watched the highlights this morning, that floor has got to go. What? Gotta it's go. A, no. It's an all-time gotta go. Can we real it's quick? It's too try-hard. The colors have nothing to do with the Bucks, Jen. Okay? It's blue just, is one I'm of the not... colors now. Yeah, the blue is the color. Uh, yeah, that's their... I don't think so. City city edition is the blue. It's like it's for Lake Michigan ultimate. or for the rivers or something like that. Like so, they worked it in. So wait, Chewy, are Jen but and I in even... your inner circle? I'm. I don't. Do I? Do I have to be? I don't. Because you said Gabe's out of the inner circle now. So does that mean Jen and I are already in the inner circle? Ho 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 ho! So you can choose not to be in someone's. That's inner what I'm. Circle? I'm asking <laughs> if I have to. I'm asking if I have to be in your I, inner circle. I don't think it's your. I don't. If I put you in there, you're in. Nah, it doesn't matter what I the hell you so. say. 
Again, I, and, and also, I think that's the way it works. No, don't you have certain standards for what you what you expect from people in your inner circle? So if he doesn't want to be in the inner circle, all he has to do is make sure he doesn't meet those expectations. Right? Like if trust is like number one with a bullet inner circle criteria, well, all Ashton has to do is break it a few times and then... It's a lot of, yeah, like a lot of work. high up on my list, though. It's <laughs> fun is on my list. What is? I mean, number one, you got you to gotta have fun. Okay, I can do that. All right, what else? All right, so Ashton's what, out. What else? Okay. You know I mean, what? I'm sick I mean, of this narrative that I don't have fun. I went out <laughs> twice last weekend, so suck on it. Sorry that was rude. I didn't. I mean, did, but I didn't mean it. Ashton, you're fun when you get to a point in the night. You're kind of goofy. Yeah, that's true. Would you call yourself goofy? Yes. I. If, if someone is ever looking for me in a crowd, I say, look for the lanky, goofy dude. That's usually what I See, say. See, Gabe doesn't let his hair down. And Jen, you're kind of in the middle. Serious, and you let your hair down. Gabe doesn't let his hair down. Gabe is always guarded. You should have stayed right? for Gabe's wedding. Gabe's like... <laughs> That's fair. Someone's follow- Gabe's always like, you never know when the ESPN truck might might pull up, <laughs> and I have to go on the air, so I can't get too out of push up his glasses. Here. Am I right? You're not wrong. You're 100% Someone, right. Someone's unit might not be working at 7.01 in the <laughs> yes. morning. He may have to go into managerial. That is Gabe. Yeah, yes. exactly. Because that never happens. Obviously, that was a hypothetical situation. <laughs> we were talking with Adam Schefter about 15, 20 minutes ago, and we were talking about how the, the rankings of these quarterbacks, because we asked y'all, our loyal listeners yesterday, give us the top 10 quarterbacks in the league right now. Is Aaron Rodgers a top 10 quarterback? And I think the consensus was that, yeah, he's in the top 10, but he's not in the top five. The, like the younger guys have now eclipsed him. And I think that the argument can be made that his skill set is declining. In fact, there was an article on Sports Illustrated yesterday where Bill Huber talked to a scout who said that is the biggest difference between Aaron Rodgers previously and currently. And that if he is going to continue playing Gabe, I think the point was made, he may need to tweak his style of play in order to have long a longer term, stay in the league a little bit longer. Yeah, and one of my favorite parts about this was the scout was, I mean, he still has above average arm strength, still has above average mobility. But what made him special, what made him four-time MVP, what made him the bad man that always was talked about on first take by Stephen A. Smith was the elite arm strength, was the elite escapability, and those skills, because he's getting older, have diminished. So as that happens, you have to tailor your game. you got to be a little bit different. You can't hold on to the ball as long as you used to, hoping that something comes open downfield because you don't have the arm strength to get it down, you know, to get it there as quickly. You don't have the mobility to be able to escape that pressure and extend those plays. So you have to play within more of the confines of an offense instead of hoping that something comes open on a secondary option. So, Chu, what I will ask you then is, do you see Aaron Rodgers being able to do that? Because one of the biggest criticisms of him has been, and I think it is well-earned, although we can debate how often it is occurring, is this desire to change the plays at the line of scrimmage, run the offense, and all of those things, instead of just taking the plays that are necessarily given to him. It does feel like Matt LaFleur, as a head coach, can put him in a position to succeed. But he has to be willing to acquiesce, has yes. to be willing to run those plays, and understand that occasionally it will not go right, but occasionally it doesn't go right when he calls the plays also. Right? Like, like that, to me, it's yeah. the Rodgers ego again of, if you want something done, you've got to do it yourself. And not recognizing that sometimes when he does it himself, it doesn't work, but always making sure to highlight when Matt LaFleur's plan doesn't go according to plan. 
that's the sell. And that's the tough sell because if I'm sure if you asked Rodgers, which I don't have a problem with, if you asked them today, where would you put yourself in the ranking? He'd probably put himself two or three, would be my guess. But I think it's the sell. That's everything. If you look at Brady's career, right? Brady wasn't mobile to begin with like Aaron, so their games now, Aaron's probably a little more mobile than Brady was at his best. But if you look at Brady's offense, he always had that little scat guy. He had Welker. He had uh, Julian uh, Edelman. the other guy? Julian Edelman. I think they need to go to that type of offense because even when they had Randy Moss, you still had over the top and the clock in his head. He always knew he had Welker or Edelman after, say, two and a half seconds, three seconds. And they really don't have that guy. Randall Cobb in his day was kind of that guy, but he can't be that guy anymore. I mean, if I'm if I'm tweaking the office, I'm like, all right, our zebra or our third receiver that's on the field is is, is that type of guy that always gives them a bailout. I think that that that's the offense they should really be looking at. Brady, you know, early two thousands, mid two thousands. So would you say to then instead of going after a potential number one or a top tight end that that would that would be your top target? trying to find a receiver like that who can yeah. get open out of the slots, you know, kind of take that three-yard little, you know, zag, sure. zigzag route and turn it into a seven-yard game because he can pick up four, six yards after the catch. Yeah, because you already have the Randy Moss in Watson, right? Now, he's got a lot to prove, but you know that guy can stretch stretch a defense, right? So there you have it. Uh, uh a Waller would be perfect mixed with a scat guy because then you'd have your deep threat. Waller would give you your inter- intermediate threat, and then you had your check down safety valve mixed with Aaron Jones, who's kind of that guy now because they don't have him. That's a, On paper, that looks like a pretty good offense to me. So the big news today, obviously, around the NFL is that Derek Carr was released by the Raiders. Rodgers right now, and this is something that one of our loyal listeners wrote in, Ryan McGuanago, is Rodgers closer to number one on this list or to where Derek Carr is? We didn't even mention Derek Carr. I don't even think Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback in the league. But it does feel like, based on the rankings that we threw together with Adam Schefter, Rodgers is closer to Carr than he is to number one. Because I think there's probably not six guys between, or seven guys, between Rodgers and Carr. Unless you think Carr is like bottom quarter of the league right now, which I don't think is necessarily no. fair. No, but I mean, I think Picard, being... Top 15. I mean, once you, you get... Yeah, but once you get... And again, I think it's kind of... You have Mahomes. I think Mahomes and then Gap. Then those next four, I think you kind of put in any... But even after that, then there's another gap. And once you hit 10, like I think there's a gap between 10 and 11. You know, so while there may be more names between Rodgers and the number one, like I I don't think that car is closer to Rodgers in terms of that, like maybe number wise, but I don't think skill set wise. Fill out that bottom of the list for me then. Fill out that bottom of the list because we got a little gray down there when we were talking about Trevor Lawrence. We got a little gray down there when we were talking about Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. So we had Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hertz, Herbert, top five. Yep. And then it was like so eh, Lamar. It- so in in that bottom five, in no particular oh. order, in the bottom five of the top ten, I would have Lamar. I would have Aaron, probably Trevor Lawrence. We've got <sighs> Dak and Deshaun out there waiting for a pick. I'm, I'm, Deshaun's yeah, not in my no top Dak. ten. 
Deshaun is not in my top ten. Well, really? Not the way he not the way he played. He's got he's got the potential to, but he stunk. He was terrible for the Browns last year. Like god awful. Yeah, but he, for the he was off. Hold on, I, and I've been there. He's he was off for a year and then sit, had to sit out the first eleven games. Yeah. I mean, you gotta kind of give the guy a little bit of a pass. Sure, I still think he's top ten. I, I need I need to see it from him. What about Russ? So. Uh, Again, this ooh, is where you have to decide. Like, if say, you had to... well, if if we're talking about Deshaun, Russ was better than Deshaun last year. I mean, does Matthew Stafford so, get a vote here? <sighs> does Jimmy Garoppolo get a vote here? Does, I'm just throwing like no. names out here at this point. All right, so let's go six through ten. You said Trevor Lawrence, and then Aaron. No, I would go. I'd go Aaron at six. I would go Lamar at seven. Eight would be Trevor. Nine. Good, Gabe. What's that? Trevor's pretty good. Yeah, he's just gonna get better. He's just yeah, I would agree. But I mean, he he's basically put together three quarters of a season because he wasn't good in his rookie year. He wasn't good for the beginning of last year. Yeah. He's put together, so I just need to see a little bit more. Again, are we are, are we just ignoring Stafford? We, we we can. I don't mind if we make that a decision, but it feels like he should be in here Stafford's, somewhere. Oh man. Yeah, I'd probably go Stafford. Stafford. But I mean, he was There's so no he was else. so beat up. He had the in, he had the elbow injury, then he had the concussions. Like if if you want to give, if we, we've seen Stafford be better more recently than we've seen Deshaun be better. There's a lot of bad quarterbacks in this league. They're just average. Yeah, because like I don't want to put yeah, Kyler. Yeah. I don't want to put Kyler Murray in the top ten, but. Is I he mean, number Tua, t- is Tua he number ten? Tua Tua before the concussions was pretty good, right? Really, yeah, I think I, think I would go. I think I would go actually. Tua, and then Stafford. I think I'd go Tua for your nine, top ten. Stafford ten. I think that's what I would do for my top ten. And again, injury obviously uh, affected our ability to see what Trey Lance had, but I imagine he will be in this top ten over the next year or so. Who, I mean, we've only seen a game oh, and a half right. of him. I Who got knows? another name. I got another name for for you, but there's a stereotype to him. What about Goff? Goff's not done. Goff had a great year. Goff did have a great year. And also, guys, I know that you're not going to like hearing this, but statistically, Kirk Cousins. I mean, statistically, sure, Kirk Cousins. Sure, you can take the statistics. I'll take the reality. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is not the eye in, test. Yes. Right, Chew? Screw those analytics. I don't know. Screw those statistics. Screw those analytics. <laughs> I thought he was back yeah, in analytics now. Yeah, Chewie's cool, back on stats. Yeah, I thought you were in stats. Nah, he's out now. Uh, Jason. Who, who I'm breaks kind of up Jason. and gets back together more? Chewie and stats or Chewie and Ashy? Well, we're back together right now. because <laughs> Chewie and Ashy? He, yeah, he, yeah, we are. He was, he was wrong about Cheddar, which he was are from the Are they start. directly connected? Like when he's back with Ashy, he's out on stats? Are they, do they go back and forth? Is one the side chick to the other? Is that what There's happens There's probably here? some analytics that would back no, that claim hold up. Hold on, I would bet. hold on. The only reason I admitted that I was wrong to Cheddar was because Ashton took the blame and not connecting me to start the show. Yeah, it was my fault, though. So, like, I can admit that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We're tit for tat. Chewie's <laughs> not going to admit he's wrong about something unless somebody else admits they're wrong about something. Yeah. So one for one odd. Very good. <laughs> Analytics. Brian McGuadago saying, I like how y'all just skipped over Justin Fields. <laughs> you forgot about Justin Fields. see. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so Fields is probably just on the outside of the top ten. He does a lot of good things. 
But realistically, what made him special last year was his running ability. He needs more weapons around him for us to understand how good of a passer he actually is. He's got all the potential in the world, and it scares the crap out of me as a Packers fan. The Bears might have a better quarterback going forward into the future than the Green Bay Packers do because that's never happened in my lifetime. It's terrifying to think about, but it's not quite there. But it's the first time I've actually had to think about it. Who's going to be Atlanta's quarterback? Is it going to be Ritter? I'll do it. Just volunteering. I got it. I like Atlanta. I'll go there. Katniss Everdeen, or whatever her name was. <laughs> that the uh, tribute lady. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Hunger Games. We yeah. gotta take a break here on Jen Gabe and Chewy. More after this. Doesn't matter what age you are. Low testosterone can be an issue with any guy. Mentality, a local healthcare facility specifically dedicated to helping men feel and perform at their very best. I actually have a follow-up uh, appointment with Mentality today because. I have low testosterone, didn't even know I was dealing with it. But if you're tired, groggy, can't get through the day with the energy that you had maybe just a year or two ago, that could be a low testosterone. I just missed it going, well, I used to do the afternoon show, now I'm doing the morning show, getting up more, you know, getting up earlier in the day. And that's why my energy is kind of falling off as the day goes on. No, it turns out it was low testosterone. Went to Mentality, had the blood panel done, and now I'm on a customized testosterone treatment plan just for me. And that's why I have a follow-up appointment. You go in for follow-up appointments every couple of months to make sure that your testosterone levels remain where they should be. If they're not, they will always adjust what your dosages should be. Because again, it's a customized plan. It's not a one-size-fits-all thing. It's a customized plan to making you feel and perform at your very best. Go to LowTUSA.com. Mentality allows treatment to fit into every guy's schedule and lifestyle. Learn more about Mentality in their low testosterone treatments at LowTUSA.com. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Look, he takes Jesus and the presence out, and it's not even in the top ten. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you take sex out of the anniversary, then that's not that fun either. On 94.5 ESPN. It started with a whisper. ESPN Milwaukee. I think we put together a pretty good little list there of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, but if you disagree, let us know. 800-990-3776. That's our ESPN Wisconsin talk and text line. ESPN Milwaukee talk and text line. If you ever want to get on any conversation on the show, you can, of course, text the show, call into the show, let us know how you're feeling. It is time to take out the trash. We've all got stuff that we can't keep inside anymore. Trash! Trash! Not for you! Stuff that we need to talk about. How could you not realize? You're stupid. You are a stupid, stupid man. Stuff that once a week just needs to be put outside. (laughs) That's clearly garbage. Hey, man, we're just getting warmed up. It's time to take out the trash. Okay, I will start it off. I can't believe we're still taught. It's 2023, right, Ashy? That's last time I checked. It is. And we're still talking about this stuff. New Mexico State f- fires Greg Hare um, for what he was allowing. And, I mean, it, it's, it just blows my mind in the year 2023 we still have to talk about this stuff. He gets fired because of the hazing that went on at that school, which involved um, – imprisonment, harassment, criminal sexual conduct against another teammate. What the hell are we doing here? With all the examples that have gone on through the years, we are still dealing with this crap. I mean, it just it, it just blows my mind. And if you go on to read what actually happened to this player, it's appalling. 
Now, I come from the camp of, and one of the many things I loved about Holmgren is, is training camp every year, day one, he would say there is no hazing on this team. And if I hear about it, you're going to get your bus ticket in an apple and you're out of here. I don't care who you are. The only thing that he allowed, which was which was fine, which his, I guess, version of hazing was if a veteran is in a tape line to get taped before practice, he has the ability to jump um, a rookie. And the only idiot that ever did it every single time was Greg Bell from Notre Dame, who was complete knobshine. Still can't stand the guy. So, oh, really? Um, I'm going to start using that one. It's just it, it just blows my mind with everything that's gone on in sports in today's world that you don't you don't designate a coach on your staff if you're too busy, where you say you are in charge of having the pulse when it comes to the players on this team. Now, most most teams today have a unity council. Um, I did in college. I did in the pros. A unity council where a handful of players are voted on by the players to be the mouth mouthpiece for for the locker room. And in college, under Coughlin, he would bring those guys up, which I was a part of, every now and then, and say, what's going on? What are the problems? What's going on here? Holmgren would do it all the time. It's just these how these universities and these coaches they hire just run it aloof. Just absolutely blows my mind in a story. Hopefully, in a perfect world, this is the last time we ever have to talk about it. But you know it's not going to be. And it it's just it's ridiculous, stupid. Sorry, Gabe. I love how Chu always apologizes for his his trash, even though he's, he's got very solid points every time. I'm sorry about that. It's hilarious. Did you have to beep that one thing? I'm sorry. I just knobshine. No, I think no, it's good. I think we need to start using oh, knobshine okay. more often. Yeah, it's, it's not the audio okay. that I accidentally did it at earlier today that I dumped. It's not that. You're fine. It was me today. It's all me. Okay. Here we are, three days removed from the Super Bowl, and I still can't believe that the field was as bad as it was. How the hell, in 2023, 57 Super Bowls into this thing, we can't find turf? We can't find good turf for a Super Bowl? And I understand people want to complain about the officiating, but that all goes part of the game. The Super Bowl should just be about the things that happen on the field. And officiating ends up being a part of that. So the fact that the NFL, who makes... the, the, The TV deals that they sign are astronomical. The, the teams are the, the salary cap's going to be going up to two hundred and fifty million dollars per year. The Packers have nearly four hundred million dollars in a rainy day fund, and yet we can't come together to figure out what kind of turf is going to be best for the Super Bowl. They had to contact the USGA, the governing body of golf, to try to help them come up with a special hybrid turf that obviously did not work out. Maybe it would be great for playing golf on, but I don't think that Aaron Rodgers should be throwing touchdown passes on the fairway at Brown Deer. Like Different kind of grasses. How are we doing this still in 2023? How have we not spent the money to figure out the best kind of grass and have that on there so you don't have to worry about it? So then we know when a player slips and falls, it's either their own fault for tripping over their own two feet or not having the right spikes in. Like it, it's just beyond me that guys are slipping and sliding and that they had to go out and try to fill divots after Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show because of the indentations that her stage left in the field. How is this still happening? 
How is this a storyline as, as part of the Super Bowl? And maybe the NFL likes it this way because then I'm still talking about the NFL and no publici- any publicity is good publicity in the eyes of the NFL. But it's got to be embarrassing. I don't know how Roger Goodell isn't embarrassed still today about that field being a part of the biggest event that happens in this country each and every year. I'm sorry. <laughs> nice. When you win the Super Bowl, feels like you should just go out on a high. Celebrate, enjoy it, right? Toast to the town, Disneyland if you're Patrick Mahomes, probably getting drinks paid for you wherever you go. But if you're Juju Smith-Schuster yesterday, guys, guess what he did? Celebrated winning a Super Bowl by punching down. Posting a Valentine that took a hit at James Bradbury. And look, Bradbury's name is going to go down in history. It's going to be remembered for a very long time because he's the guy who held Juju Smith-Schuster on that very critical play late in the game, putting the Chiefs in a position to kick a game-winning field goal. Eagles couldn't get back out on the field, etc. So Juju Smith-Schuster posts a Valentine on his Twitter account that says, I'll hold you when it matters most, and it is James Bradbury's face. Well, listen, man, that was unnecessary. That was uncalled for. It's kind of funny, though, right? Jen, you're kind right. of a good shot. It, it was unnecessary. <laughs> it was good pop. We can all like agree. It's super unnecessary. A little funny. Bradbury showed class. He showed maturity. He showed humility when he admitted that, in fact, it was a hold. It was the big argument that Gabe made when we were debating on Monday whether or not it should have been called. Well, look, the guy said it was a hold. You don't get that kind of accountability very often in sports. We wish we saw it more. So maybe we can recognize that that guy, James Bradbury, the defensive back for the Eagles, showed a lot of class in that moment. So when given the opportunity to match the class, maybe you do it, Juju Smith-Schuster. And I got to say, I love how A.J. Brown came to the defense of firing back at Smith-Schuster by saying, congratulations, first and foremost, congratulations, y'all deserve it. But this is lame. You was on the way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy. He admitted he grabbed you. Don't act like that or ever was, or you're like that or ever was. But congratulations again. Don't make James Bradbury the butt of the joke, okay? Because he handled it as well as he could have. We discussed how that play was not being called that way for the rest of the game. And that's a big issue, right? If you're not calling a game consistently. And Bradbury stood there in front of the microphones, in front of the cameras, and took the heat for the hold. This is just unnecessary. This is just lame. This is just one of those things where go celebrate your ring, celebrate your championship without having to pee on the guy who made a mistake late in the game that ultimately led to the victory for your team. I'm sorry. <laughs> Touche. TikTok boy. You know good what I'd like to know? TikTok what I, boy. What I would like to pop. know is the interaction between the officials and those two or that defensive back during the game. Because typically, how it works, right, is a player complains, right? And, and I've had it done to me. So when I'm blocking the edge, 
right? I'm exposed, so they can see me as plain as day. It's the side official that's watching me for holding. So how it would work is, like, if my hand got a little lazy and got outside of the framework of the body, that ref would come over to me and say, Chewy, you better tighten it up because if I see that again, I'm flagging you. And I'd be like, oh, sugar. Okay, I'll tighten it up. Now, if the official did that, because I had a problem with the call, if the official did that and kept telling Bradbury, I told you, keep your hands off him, I'm going to throw the flag, and that's how it happened, I don't have a problem with it. But if he never did, if the officials never warned him, that I do not think is a penalty. So, just to address that. Good perspective from you, too. Sorry. Do you guys want to make a splash for a great local cause? Me and my friends at Great Midwest Bank are getting the word out about Special Olympics Wisconsin and its upcoming Polar Plunge. The plunge will be in Madison on February 18th, and they are coming to Milwaukee on March 18th. At the Polar Plunge, brave folks will jump into freezing cold Wisconsin waters. Yep, you heard that right. Freezing cold Wisconsin waters, all with the purpose of raising money and awareness for Special Olympics Wisconsin. It's a thrill-seeking event with a purpose, and you know that I'll be there too. Taking the plunge myself on March 18th here in Milwaukee. Did you hear that? Did you catch that? You might have been busy doing something else, but the reality is, in fact, I will be doing the polar plunge in Milwaukee on March 18th, because I am all about supporting my friends over at Special Olympics Wisconsin. Do you Join, have to be in the water for a certain amount of time? I have all the I have rules. Okay. I have standards. I have all the things. We can get into that right. if you want to, but I have very specific rules about what qualifies as a It's not like just run into your knees and run out. Ew! Correct. Join Great Midwest Bank in supporting Wisconsin's Special Olympics by visiting polarplungewi.org to learn more. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Getting choked up over it. So, uh, hold on. Get a moment. On 94.5 ESPN. But I'm thinking. It's time for a change. Get out of your lane. The more that you stay there, you feel like it's unfair. Where the biggest question mark comes in is how he should play and how he wants to play. They don't marry, the scout said. He should play in a system that gets the ball out quickly, honestly, what Matt LaFleur wanted to do. But Aaron likes to do something different. If he goes to a different place and just wants to drop back and throw the ball all the time, it's going to be rough. That from an article that Bill Huber put out on SI.com about what scouts are saying about Rodgers coming back to earth. We've been talking about a little bit of the regression that you have seen from Aaron Rodgers. And I will say this, Gabe, and you have to tell me if you think this is legitimate or not. Some of the reaction we are getting on the ESPN Wisconsin talk and text line to this conversation is that it is not a decline in Rodgers' talent. It is the talent around him that has not allowed him to shine. I think that's certainly a part of it. But when you start talking about physical attributes, and look, maybe part of the arm strength thing was the thumb. Like, you can't grip it as well, so you can't get it to where you want to get it. So maybe the arm strength comes back a little bit. But I think when you start talking about the physical attributes of, yeah, I, and I think we all see it, right, in terms of him running, in terms of him being that athletic guy that can escape from the pocket. I think anybody, you know, if you look from 2010 Aaron Rodgers to 2022 Aaron Rodgers, it's pretty obvious to see he doesn't have the same speed that he once had. The arm strength thing, I could easily talk myself into 
that being related to the thumb, related to the injuries that he dealt with this year, and maybe it's not as sharp of a decline on the arm strength as that scout said in the Bill Huber piece. But yeah, the weapons around him certainly aren't assisting him to help him make make him look better. I think that's the the, the fall off he had statistically. I think had a lot to do with the lack of reliable weapons around him. See, I think it's a dis- a decline, and naturally so, in his skill set. You know, and I always equate it to dra- to driving. I mean, when I was 25, 26 years old, I was a much better driver, had a better feel. My instincts were better. My peripheral vision was better. I could see more. You know, now at 40, you're not as crisp, you know? How old? That ball, well, I'm saying he's 40. Oh. I'm still border NASCAR. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I can still drive like a mug. But I'm I'm telling you, things decline. You know, it's just leading a receiver just changes. It's just your brain is not as sharp uh, as it was when you were 26. I was in my prime playing football, probably 26, and then you start to decline from there. I was my strongest. I just I just felt in tune. And then things start to decline. I mean, the guy's 40 years old, so I agree with they need to find an offense that suits his skill set at 40, not at 26. And do you think that's in Green Bay, or do you think that's elsewhere? Because, again, too, the be argument that the places. scout is making is that if he if he runs the offense, and, again, we don't know how often Aaron Rodgers is checking out of the called plays. We don't know how much flexibility he has on those plays, but the scout is saying perhaps if he runs the offense that Matt LaFleur is putting out there, he will have more success. But again, that's going to require him putting his ego in check and this belief that he knows better than all of the other minds that are tasked with putting the offense together and building the offense. I understand yeah. that like he has so much experience in the league. I would never take that away from him. I'm not going to sit here and say that when he sees, as he's walking from the huddle and sees a defense, he shouldn't be allowed to make changes, make adjustments. Maybe it should change from like a 70-30 to more of a 50-50, or maybe a 40-60. Like, that's where I would argue that would show growth, uh, yeah. I think, in a Rogers acceptance of the reality of what's happening here. I, I don't even know if it's a, a, a necessarily a change of a play. I think it's him then playing within the framework of that play. And, okay, the play's been called. Here's your first read. I think a lot of times he'll just hold on to the ball in hopes that something bigger down the field comes open. Or he'll scramble around I, I just, and can make a bigger play. Yeah. It, kind of the, some, of the, some of the same issues we talked about with him at the end of the Mike McCarthy era. It seems like those issues are creeping yeah. up once again. That's why I don't think – the more I think about it, I just don't think it, it works in Green Bay because if you remember back to training camp, remember the comments he made like, motion is stupid and I don't want worthless motion. It's just a peeing match between the two of them that I, I just don't think it can be fixed. And you know, And I don't think – LaFleur is the right guy to fix it just because I don't see him as a dominant head coach and the where he part, can go in and say, no, we're doing it my way. I'm the coach. You're the player. The funny part about that is do the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl without some of the motion they had, especially around the goal no, line? No, of course not. No, that was a great – they half. got outcoached, Gabe. They got outcoached. Yeah. That, that, that was – Andy Reid. That was quintessential Andy Reid where he knew – uh, how they were passing it off, and they practiced the hell out of that. And, and the coaching point here, as soon as you see that DB 
who had that receiver man-to-man motion to the safety to roll. That's when he told that receiver to put it in the ground and, and, and bust it out. I mean, that that's just – that's outcoached. That's outcoaching someone 101. So Peter King was on the radio this morning with Maggie and Perloff, and he had an interesting to say, thing to say about if Aaron Rodgers goes elsewhere, something that may have to give in a position he has taken recently. Take a listen. Here's the only thing about being different right now. Like, if I'm Robert Sala – you know, if I am, uh, you know, if I'm the New York Jets, I want my quarterback. If it's going to be a new guy, I want him in my off-season program. Aaron Rodgers doesn't like the off-season program. I think there's going to have to be some meeting of the minds on that wherever he signs to make sure they can hit the ground running. You saw that when the Packers couldn't hit the ground running last year, uh, and they played poorly in the first half of the season. Uh, I think Rodgers, whatever he does, is going to have to agree to some sort of off-season work with his team that he wasn't doing in Green Bay. That's why I think the Raiders are a better fit, Jen, because he can be there. He can fly in on his private jet uh, Monday at noon, be there for a 2 o'clock workout from San Diego to Vegas. We know that's not a very long flight. And then Thursday – he can do the morning workout at 10 o'clock, be done by noon, and be back in his house in uh, San Diego. I just see that as a better fit right now if that's going to be a sticking point. And I agree with Peter. I just don't see him going to an off-season program in New York. I don't see him going to an off-season program anywhere. Like, this is – and I can't remember the, the texture that made the point, but this goes back to the CBA. Rodgers wanted and pushed for – and was ultimately overruled, obviously, by the players' union about taking away more of these mandatory minicamps, more of these OTAs. He wanted less work in the offseason, and he's kind of, hey, I don't want to do the work in the offseason. I can do the work. I can be good enough to do it when if I show up for training camp. That's the way he wants it to be, and this yeah, is his own so way selfish. of— who are we talking about? It's just, I know, but it's so selfish. It's like the third-year offensive lineman who needs to put on 15 pounds in an offseason cannot be trusted to do it if he plays for Green Bay in Pig's Knuckle, Arkansas. You just can't because they're not going to get it done. These players have to be there. Now, when you're year 8, year 9, year 10, okay, you get it. But these young guys cannot be trusted to do that, and that that's – when you allow a team to do that, that team is going to suck, man. It's just going to suck. Well, and I could make the so argument, too, that like he didn't know that it would show up so egregiously. He didn't know that his absence would be would affect so many of the other machinations of the offense. But now you do know. Like Now you have yeah. this past year as evidence of what you did, these things, didn't work the way that you thought they were. So this year, if he's back in Green Bay and he doesn't show up, that to me yeah. is the is the stubbornness. That to me is the ego, right? Because everybody makes mistakes, yeah, and he could totally have miscalculated agree. how his off season decision affected the rest of those young players. But when you have the evidence, when it's shown, and then you yes. still so that's where I say that'll be very interesting if he is still in Green Bay and then still makes the decision to stay away during the off season program. And again, like Gabe said, even with any other new team. Because I said it yesterday, the grindiness is harder. It's a grindier path to go to another team, I believe. But he can he can talk himself into skipping those easily. Like, oh, I know if he goes to the Jets, oh, I know Hackett. We we could get on the same page, no problem. 
He goes to the Raiders. Oh, Devontae and I, we can get on the same page. No problem. I don't need to be there. I can see him getting into that mindset super easily and talking himself how he doesn't need to be there, even though he probably should be. We will take a break, and we will announce the winners of our Roses Are Red Wisconsin Sports Valentine's Poem Contest right after this. Is your business looking for localized banking solutions? Fifth Third Bank has been looking forward to the future and helping businesses shape What's next? For 165 years and the last 14 right here in Milwaukee. They offer industry-specific expertise, local decision-making capabilities, and extensive experience to help your business succeed because that's what Fifth Third is all about. They want you and that business that you have to succeed. Fifth Third is big enough to provide sophisticated solutions and expert guidance, but also empowered to make local decisions and work from a foundation of strong community connections. They can have the best of both worlds. It's what's great about Fifth Third Bank. Commercial banking, value only. Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, custom solutions built around your goals. Member FDIC. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. His eyeball. Wait, wait. Where did I get him I just assumed, when I said wait, did you just it was just a suggestion? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Typically. On 94.5 ESPN. Here we go. for the perfect place to host a private party or celebrate a birthday or even that big promotion you should bring your room to the dark room the secret dining area located inside saint kate the arts hotel the dark room provides a quiet swanky setting for you to enjoy an intimate meal with your favorite people when you book an event at the dark room you also get a chance to work directly with the saint kate dining team to create a custom menu for your celebration who else is giving you that option a custom menu for your celebration. Learn more about hosting your next celebration in the dark room by visiting stkatearts.com. stkatearts.com. I will see you there. Thank you all for coming. I hope you like the show cuz it's on a budget. So So many submissions to our Roses Are Red Wisconsin Sports Valentines poem contest where we partnered with our friends over at Milwaukee Pretzel Company. All right, drum roll, please. The winners of the Roses Are Red contest are, Ashley, you got one? I do have one. We've got John Matthew on Twitter. Roses are red, violets are violet. Roger's passing on 60 million. I am not buying it. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. I've got this one. Roses are red. Darkness is black. What will be Giannis's next 50-point snack? That from Chris in Waukesha. You are a big winner on the Roses Are Red contest. And Gabe? So I had a tough one time going back and forth between two. Oh, I'm... wait, wait. Should we hear both of them? Uh, okay. I, I, I would have to find the second. Oh, okay. No, okay I so you had it. Th- well, I, again, I can find it in, is it this one? Uh, it was the one pretty much about Rots Hots making you... Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that one, too, making you fart. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Toot. I Yeah, I didn't want to do that one. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of seems... It sound like the best advertising it's for not, you. No, no. It seemed like a bad idea for Ashton. Yeah, it's not the self-deprecation I want for this one. Uh, so I went with this one from Tom in Burlington. Roses are red, but I like a daisy. Why is our quarterback so bat bleep crazy? <laughs> All right, 
so good. those are the big winners. And of course, they win a prize pack from our friends over at Milwaukee Pretzel Company, who also hang out with us on Thursdays when we do our top eight at eight. Oh, man. I'm just jealous of all those winners now. And they get that giant heart pretzel. Maybe that's what I should have. I should have done that for Valentine's Day. Like, honey, look what I got you. But really, it's and for me. And then you share it. Yeah. yeah. Again. The Milwaukee pretzels are just so good. So, Ashley, did you switch over all buns to Milwaukee Pretzel Company? Uh, all, Yeah, the buns that we're using for our hot dogs and also for the pole sausage. And when we have these specialty item brats, we are using the Milwaukee Pretzel Company pretzel buns and they are gabe can attest to this they're freaking awesome yeah last event of the year i had the hot dog in the pretzel bun it was surreal game, really? game it, it just elevates it it yeah. elevates the hot dog so and we we are not uh we're still going through options for hamburger buns we ended up on a brioche bun last year which ended up being a popular choice so we think we're going to stick with that but the the pretzel bun for the the other stuff whew. so now to make those decisions ashy do you go to an inner circle is there an inner circle for Rot's Hots there that is, you are... You know, it's a great question. The inner circle for Rot's Hots and my own personal inner, inner circle are the same people. That's that's what I will say that with really? me... No, 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 wait, no, 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 This wait. is Susie's. No, no, this is Susie's G- inner circle, G- Gabe's about to hit This isn't something. your inner circle. I'm, Gabe's about to understand exactly what I just said. <laughs> is no. Susie not in the inner circle? He is not in the inner no, circle. No, Susie's the boss. She <laughs> creates not, the circle. She, I thought you guys were back on, Chew. What's happening here? She's not... She's... Well, I she, don't like she when created the guy lies. Life. She created life for me, so I guess technically she's in the inner circle. <laughs> um, but no, she's not She's not really part of the inner circle. She, she co-owns the place. Yeah, yeah but I, it's a business. I feel, like you, I feel like you were in her inner circle at one point. <laughs> I, like, I wanted to make that joke, but I thought it was weird if yeah, I said it. She said, get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm glad Jen said it because I didn't want to be the one to say that joke. <laughs> what is the bigger reason for Aaron Rodgers' poor play in 2022? We put that on the Jen, Gabe, and Chewy Twitter poll. Pretty close race saying his skill set declining. 45% of people saying talent around him declining. Will Dean Tausch is next on ESPN Milwaukee. We'll see ya.